Uh, creativity is basically a driving force, and it's not just for me, it's for the, all of the humanity. Uh, I think creativity is the thing that made us to become as successful as species uh, in the world that we live in right now. Without creativity, we wouldn't have been able to do the, that. So no matter if you are in the artistic path of career, or if you are doing something completely un uncreative, completely unartistic, you are still using creativity in your everyday life, trying to come up with ideas of solutions and trying to spice up your routine every single day. Uh, so we are using creativity everywhere, uh, every, every, every day. And without the creativity, we were not able to become who we are right now. Okay, that was a special tease from my interview with Monica. It is such a pleasure to speak with her. I think a lot of people are going to learn from this episode where we talk about working on creating a YouTube presence and finding your true, authentic, creative self and what that really means and how you can nurture that type of energy in your life so stay tuned this is a great episode look forward to sharing it with you monica thanks so much for coming to join me on the creative kind podcast i am sure this is probably a little bit surreal as well being on the other end of the conversation now uh, as many people may not know you just helped me out as a uh, apprentice with my business al media so you've been doing a lot of the podcast editing uh, so that's just like a fun little Easter egg for people listening to this episode. Uh, but you are based in Lithuania. You're a filmmaker yourself. You have a successful YouTube channel that kind of focuses on the travel uh, niche with your boyfriend. And so I want you to tell me about your interest in uh, video and uh, yeah, how that started. Uh, yeah, so thank you for having me here. It's kind of like, as you said, it's kind of a different experience for me. Uh, I've never been on the podcast, but I've been editing your podcast for a while now. <laughs> and it's kind of nice to be on the other hand now and see what's like from the inside. Uh, so yeah, I'm Monica. I'm a video content creator, as you mentioned before. And uh, I also create, I also am a video editor as well as video content creator on YouTube. Uh, and I am also a passionate traveler. So basically, yeah, uh, as your question was uh, on how I ended up in this field, uh, it basically was since my very childhood, I was just interested in everything that's creative. Um, I am from the creative family. Uh, both my par parents are creative people and I was in music industry for a while. And also I've been kind of into acting and stuff. And ever since my childhood, me and my cousins used to create those little home movies. Uh, yeah, when we got uh, the camera, I mean, because it wasn't so easy to get the camera. It wasn't so easy to get a hang of it. So yeah, uh, we started creating those movies and uh, we basically created like a whole TV channel <laughs> based on that. We never really published anything, but yeah, uh, we were really into creating those movies and I was always editing those. And it was a really huge passion of mine. I was really like, wow, that's like, this is a, a place where I can like combine music and acting and editing and everything is in one. So yeah, I was just like really interested in that. And that's how I ended up here where I am right now. <laughs> Very cool. 
Yeah, thank you for sharing that. That's uh, it's funny how often I I hear that people uh, who I've spoken to who really started from a very young age working in film. And at what point did you realize that this is something that you wanted to do a bit more like full on and a bit more serious and really kind of go in the direction of making video content uh, as a career path? Uh, yeah, it was kind of actually a re- recently. Uh, it basically happened at the same time when I got my passion for traveling. Uh, basically, we we were just students with my boyfriend, as you mentioned. We are traveling and making videos together on YouTube. Uh, and yeah, uh, we were just kind of one day we were like college students, broke completely broke, we didn't have any money. And we decided that we're like, okay, we are fed up with all of the routine that we are in. Uh, Let's just buy some random tickets somewhere that's cheap. And since I'm based in Lithuania, um, like cheap tickets, like cheap uh, airlines are just existent here. Like it's really cheap to travel. So the cheapest tickets that we could find at that time was actually to Italy. And we went to Italy and basically I was like, okay, maybe I should like kind of put this into the footage and just edit it because I love editing, you know? And I was doing that for quite a while for just, just for myself and just to show my parents. And I was like, maybe I could do that also. Uh, so I just basically bought myself a really bad, really cheap action camera and we just filmed it. And I was like, okay, wow, it's cool. Uh, yeah, and I, I started at that time um, to watch a lot of YouTube channels based on traveling. And I was like, okay, we're traveling quite a bit. We could do that. So yeah, I was like, okay, let, let's do that. Let's begin a YouTube channel. And then I was like, okay, okay, I could actually do that like for a living. Like I could edit videos for other people because I'm really passionate about it. It's not enough for me to edit just my videos. So yeah, I was like, okay. That's something that I'm really interested in. And it's really getting me creative and getting me pumped up every day uh, for what I'm doing. So yeah, I decided let's do it. Let's get into editing world. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's uh, and of course, you know, I I know about that trip to Italy and how, you know, you learned a lot there and you really enjoyed that. Uh, But I'm curious as to how, when you like really re-embarked and really tried to embrace this, within the travel niche, what's one of the things that you found uh, to be the most difficult as a filmmaker in terms of growing your YouTube channel and being able to monetize um, the work that you're doing as well? Uh, Yeah, it's actually the most difficult thing for me uh, as a content creator on YouTube was actually uh, the overcoming the self-comparison uh, because mm-hmm. you constantly see a lot of successful YouTube channels like having millions of subscribers, millions of views, and you're like, wow, why am I not here yet? What am I doing wrong? I was trying to analyze every single step that I did, everything, like every thumbnail, every title, everything. I was like really invested in it and I'm not growing, you know? And that mm-hmm. was like kind of depressing. Like it's, it's, it's weighed me down. Um, and yeah, it was really, really hard to overcome that self-comparison uh, before I actually realized that like comparing yourself is okay, but you shouldn't invest yourself in, in this comparison as much as I do now, because when I compare myself, I'm trying to imitate what people, what other people do, and it doesn't work because I'm not, I'm not myself. I'm putting myself as somebody else rather than creating something that 
means to me rather than creating something that means to others because that doesn't work and i had to overcome that and yeah it's it's helped me a lot to kind of overcome it but i mean like i'm still trying to overcome it every single day more and more but yeah that was the most most difficult thing about the youtube and creating content on youtube yeah for sure that's a it's a tough one and i feel like a lot of people in almost any sector are going to struggle with that, right? Like the classic case of imposter syndrome and looking at other people who, and for me, right, even podcasting, look at the other podcasters, podcasts that have been going for shorter periods shorter periods of time and are more successful and podcasts that are really successful and, you know, top of my sector. Uh, and the proliferation of content creators and podcast hosts and just people getting into this space it's it's really tough uh, to to keep your your head up and to consistently kind of work on your craft. What have you found have been some tangible strategies that you've implemented to really like whether it's avoid avoid looking at that or maybe you know you still watch other people to get inspired, but it's more like a mental shift in terms of how how you analyze that and compare yourself. So what are like some tangible strategies that you think other people could implement to kind of get over imposter syndrome? Yeah, uh, basically, I, I didn't stop watching YouTube channels that I love and enjoy. Uh, I'm just kind of celebrating their success uh, together with them uh, because I actually realized that no matter how big you are on YouTube, no matter how big you are in any field, uh, it, it's, not, uh, it's not really something that like, only small YouTubers or only when you start out uh, experience. It's something that every single person experiences, no matter if that person has like 25 million subscribers, he the same way as the person who has like 40 subscribers experiences the self-comparison. It's like, I, I saw so many YouTubers out, out there on the platform, like who are just like so invested in those numbers that they cannot celebrate, they cannot enjoy what they are doing anymore because they're constantly into this state of mind that, oh, it's not enough. I uploaded one, one video and it got like 5 million views and now I uploaded another video with, which I invested so much time and patience in making and it got only like 500,000 views. And like for me, this sounds kind of a lot and for many people, this might may sound a lot and like you should enjoy that. But these people, for them, just like for you, getting 20 views is low. For them, getting 500,000 views is low. So you are always constantly in the same, same circle. It doesn't change as you grow. So you have to overcome it yourself. What I actually have tried doing is celebrating what I have now, celebrating what. I do know, and I have a lot of like, okay, not a lot of, but I have a couple of people who watch my YouTube channel and I watch my videos and they comment, they constantly comment, they are invested in me. And I celebrate having those couple of people there with me celebrating it. So I'm just happy that I have them because it doesn't matter if I have like thousands, hundreds, millions of views, if I don't have people that are invested in me, that care what I do, that know me. So I'm celebrating every single step that I take, every single accomplishment that I make. Even if I make like, if I get a couple of subscribers, I'm happy because they're invested. And yeah, it's basically, it's just simple as that. 
But yeah, I, I think you should actually focus on those little accomplishments rather than something huge because it will come, but you just have to hang in and just wait for it and be passionate about what you do now. Mm, yeah, it's really good advice. Um, and it's, it's interesting when you draw the comparison to those who say are doing it at, you know, have large followings and how they still feel that, that paranoia, they still self-criticize, right? It doesn't matter how many views you have. It's more of a mindset rather than it is mindset allocated to the numbers. And, and just being happy with who you have and the following that you have and really connecting with them, I think is it's really important. And I think that that can often be, be overlooked. And, and so for you, when you're stuck and you're trying to create a video or you're not sure, you know, what to do, where do you go look for help or who do you look for inspiration? Like who are some of your biggest role models in uh, the space that you create content in? Uh, yeah, like uh, if we are talking about YouTube channels, mm -hmm. yeah, it's uh, it's definitely one of the creators who's called Indigo Traveler. Okay. Uh, he's a huge inspiration to me because he has almost a million subscribers, I believe, at this moment. And he's so humble. Uh, he's doing the same thing that he does he used to do when he was not nobody on the platform, uh, but he's still the same. And he focuses on people, he focuses on experiences rather than just some luxury uh, resorts and stuff. He's still the same, even though he is able to do that now because he has a, a huge amount of subscribers and views, but he's still there. So yeah, he's a huge role model for me. Uh, I have a couple of other YouTube channels that I watch, uh, yeah, and I, I try to take pieces out of every single creator uh, to kind of like head in the right direction. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I actually, when I get stuck, like to answer the other part of your question, <laughs> when I get stuck and I don't know what to do, I basically just sit down and just be like, okay, what do I want to make? Like, it's, it's just simple as that. What does me make me happy rather than just like, what people would like to watch and and that really helps me why am i i think of what why am i doing this in first place and why am i enjoying this why am i enjoying traveling why am i enjoying creating videos and that really helps me to uh to kind of get back on track <laughs> amazing yeah that's uh so powerful um to to find that inspiration and to also kind of tap in to your own motives and your own desires and let that be somewhat of a guiding light versus, and I, you touched upon that earlier as well, right? Like to avoid trying to do what others are doing and to, to find your own kind of creative voice. And so I want to ask a little bit about um, when it comes to to travel videos, how have you found yourself wanting to adapt? Obviously now with COVID and us not being able to travel, you know, we, through the apprenticeship of us working together, you know, we talked a lot about working with clients and things like that. And so for maybe other content creators whose industry has been hit because of this pandemic, who have had to pivot, um, like how, how has that journey been for you? in terms of transitioning to trying to find more freelance work. And yeah, just kind of walk me through, you know, realizing that, oh, you know, I'm not gonna be able to travel anymore. 
okay, here's how I can still maybe try and keep my skills fresh, sharpened and things like this and who you're kind of going after now. Yeah, uh, well, I was actually into uh, editing uh, a while before, before I got into, I mean, like before I was, I created my YouTube channel based on travel. Uh, I was um, editing videos for other people, but I was doing it as just a side gig. Uh, I wasn't focusing on it as like a, my career path. And I was like shifting through. Uh, I do a lot of other things uh, for a living also. Uh, so yeah, like for me, uh, as a video creator and yeah, and as I couldn't really focus on creating those videos that I loved creating in the first place, because obviously I cannot really travel. So if I have a travel channel and I cannot travel, what content am I producing? Uh, so I was basically, I, I wanted, I missed that. I wanted it in my life. I wanted to be in the YouTube community uh, because I spent a lot of time watching those videos. I always did. I grew up with a lot of uh, small YouTube channels that are now huge. And uh, yeah, and I was invested in that. So I was like, okay, I, I want to be in there. And I'm kind of good in understanding what the algorithms are like. Um, I'm, I'm good in understanding what content you need to produce. I'm good in understanding all those titles and analytics. And I'm really, I really love analyzing all of those things, which helped me during this quarantine to understand and come to realization that I really love analyzing things. And I basically tried to implement what I do, um, what I already did with my channel and try making a living um, on helping others to do that, being invested in that community, even if I cannot really now invest by creating content myself on my travel channel, I tried to be there and to help others and to help my clients and to help people who are in this industry. And that's how I'm invested in it. So basically I was able to understand my passions, understand what I like and understand some things that I didn't even realize because before I was like, okay, analytics are not for me, but now I realize, okay, I actually love analyzing things. And you do that every single day, like even if you're not analytic. <laughs> yeah, totally. And uh, I mean, YouTube, YouTube is something that, you know, I was listening to a podcast the other day that was talking about the power of YouTube and that you don't see, uh, you don't see any other platform that gives you that much more of a return on investment year after year because YouTube shelf life is a lot longer. Like videos you can upload four years ago can still be monetizing now. When like posts that you upload four years ago on Facebook are like you know buried, right? Maybe once in a while you see them in the memories, and so. For people who are, say, new to YouTube or trying to get into that space, what's kind of some of the the actionable steps that people could easily take that maybe are often overlooked that you would recommend? Uh, yeah, well, first of all, uh, find out your niche. I see so many channels and so many people who are, even the clients that I worked with, who are like, I don't know what I want to do. I just want to be a YouTuber. I like this platform. I want to be in this community and they have no idea what niche they want to be in. Or for example, some people have quite way too many niches that they want to be in. So basically finding a niche is the number one thing. Uh, then obviously like you have to represent yourself in a manner that if somebody just comes to your channel, 
will they like what they see? Does the thing, like, does the thumbnails or, like, the channel art, like, that you put out there, does it speak for what you do? Does it speak for your videos? So you have to really think about what represents you, what represents your videos and your niche, and just basically niche down and be consistent with all the colors, with all the thumbnails, with just consistency is the key and finding out your niche. So these things are, I think, are like kind of overlooked of focusing on one niche. Uh, of course, you can try and like upload a couple of different uh, different videos because as a new YouTuber, you have the ability of experimenting. And uh, you can try and just experiment for a couple of months before you find out your niche. But having that specific niche is really important. Targeting, thinking about your audience. Who is your audience? Who's it going to be helpful for? And try being helpful and try finding your niche. That's like my number one advice for every new YouTuber. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really, really good advice. And I think it can often be overlooked because YouTube is a platform that is a bit different from a business where like in nature, you kind of are serving everybody who is, could be potentially searching um, for something relevant to that video. But really having a specific audience in mind, I think is really, really important so that when that audience comes across your page, you know, it, it makes sense for them to follow you because it's relevant to what you're talking about. And so I'm, yeah, I'm curious, um, we talked a lot about keywords and we did some keyword research. So like using tags and keywords, like how important is that on YouTube? Um, is that something that like, I, like, I don't always do that. And I know you had my, you helped me with that, but why, why do you think that having tags and using all your tag characters on YouTube is really, really valuable for, uh, YouTube's SEO? And algorithms yeah that's one thing that is really important for when you're starting out because i do quite uh, I, I do analyze quite a lot of uh, bigger youtube channels and i quite often realize and notice that they don't really use a lot of keywords in their videos but the thing is that they don't really need them uh they already have a huge following and mm. they already like have algorithm on their side uh but when you are just starting out you have to try uh, try and be as present as possible on the platform. You have to try and think about what people are looking for on YouTube. And uh, like one of the researches that we've done, uh, like for your graphics, uh, for, yeah, for you, uh, I actually realized the thing that I didn't even know myself, that there's a lot of people are looking for videos that will help them how to solve a problem that are tutorial-based, that are how-tos. So basically, you have to think what value this is going to bring for it, uh, for the person that watches it. And that's the number one thing that people will look for, will search on YouTube. And SEO is basically optimizing and using those keywords, tags on YouTube. Uh, you basically are, are creating a shield of like algorithm that, will kind of help you out to stand out in that search result. So when you target some kind of keyword, you have to think about something specific that this person will look for and like just phrase it in the same way that 
the person might look for it. So it's really, in, really important when you start out to use really related keywords in what you do, really related keywords on every single video, because that helps the algorithm, that helps the person who searches it to find your video. So yeah, that's really, really an important part for a new YouTuber. And and so where like where do these keywords come in? Is it is it kind of a mix? Like I've heard even the file name that you have. So like you know if it's like the date you know podcast edit o three final edit you know like initials that like your file name when you upload it on YouTube should have keywords in it, um, the description, the tags. Is there anywhere else that you think can really picked up and out of those three like what's more important is it the tags is it the description do you know where youtube's algorithm is looking more for uh youtube's algorithm doesn't look at any specific part uh, basically why you are using the same consistent keywords through your title through your description and your tags is just because the more uh, the more keywords are repeating, the better it is for the algorithm to pick it up. Uh, I haven't honestly heard about this part that like your, your title of your video, file like name. the file, yeah. file name, yeah, exactly, uh, has to be specific to the keywords. Maybe I should look it up. But yeah, it's really important in that matter. You have to repeat the keywords so uh, that the algorithm picks it up faster. Plus, there is one little other thing that uh helps a lot and is really overlooked is basically you have to repeat those keywords not only in your description tag uh, tags and uh, your title you actually have to say those keywords out loud in your video mm. uh because yeah it it's picks up every single word it picks up so as more the more you use the same keyword the more repeatedly you use it the easier it is for the algorithm to pick it up and to kind of get it out there to people to watch yeah it's super interesting i feel like i've heard of that before that you need to have the keyword like you need to have keywords in your video uh like actually said because YouTube, even if it's not, even if you're not doing captions, YouTube has like an internal closed caption that's paying attention to what you're saying. Uh, yeah, YouTube's so powerful, so, so powerful. And I believe it's a uh, 100 subscribers, you can customize your lane, like your URL, like your channel URL, and then a thousand, you can start to generate ad revenue. Yes, uh, you can change your URL uh, for your channel, uh, customize it up to your liking on 100 subscribers, and mm -hmm. you have to have 1,000 subscribers plus 4,000 uh, watch time hours within the last 12 months to get monetized. Oh, it's with, yeah, yeah, it's okay. It's not just 1,000 subscribers. It's also yeah. the watch time, too. That's that would be just it. too easy because there's like plenty of uh, Facebook groups uh, sub for sub so a lot of yeah. people could get monetized just with a thousand subscribers yeah totally totally and then even then right like i know youtube um really pushes to have long form content and that's like a big big push um and so like for your when you were doing like the travel vlogs and you know as you continue 
how long on average were your videos and how long would you recommend people if they're getting into the vlogging space or if they're already in the vlogging space and they're not seeing the growth that they want to, how long do you think that is ideal on YouTube for a video? Uh, yeah, it's like there's no specific time frame that you have to follow. I myself target around 10 to 15 minutes. Uh, mm -hmm. That's just my personal preference. I just feel like sometimes uh, a viewer can just like the viewer's retention can just go lower and it tends like that people like just click away from your video if you are not constantly like showing them something that's kind of interesting and exciting for them. So that's kind of been like my my target 10 to 15 minutes and there is no really the specific number that you should target of course youtube really prefers uh youtubers to just upload longer form content simply because the longer the video is the more ads you can put in and the more ads you put in the more money google makes so basically that's just like this whole uh so yeah you have to do that so yeah uh i would target from 10 to 20 minutes unless you have something to share that's like really exciting because i see a lot of videos on youtube recently they started uploading even longer content that which is like longer than an hour but the thing is why they are successful is basically because they are like constantly like interacting with the audience the audience is like retained to that specific content because it's interesting for them uh so yeah you have to be aware of that so don't try to make your videos like as long as possible because yeah it needs to be engaging gonna, yeah it's it's not as engaging it doesn't work uh just create your videos as long as you can uh like if if your video is meant to be six minutes long do it six minutes long it's still better to have uh people to watch your video like 80% in, uh, in those six minutes rather than have like an hour long video and have like a minute of watch time from those people. So yeah, try to do just as long as it's engaging and it's interesting. Don't force it. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Thanks for that. So just a few more questions here, Monica, coming closer to wrapping things up. Where do you see the future of marketing on YouTube going? You know, do you see do you see YouTube being replaced anytime soon? Do you see a shifting more towards apps, more towards audio like Clubhouse or you know on TikTok and Instagram, or do you think that YouTube's here to stay and people should be doubling down on their YouTube strategy? I don't think that YouTuber is going to go anywhere. Uh, at least within the next couple of years, it's growing, it's growing drastically and it is definitely replacing TV. It's definitely replacing it. Like I haven't watched TV in like years now. <laughs> and I know a lot of people, at least in my generation here in Europe, we barely use TV anymore. We don't have television. Uh, and uh, I, I noticed that it's the same way in North America also. Uh, so YouTube is not going anywhere, at least for the next couple of years. Uh, I think those platforms like TikTok, uh, Clubhouse, uh, they are here to stay. Uh, probably, but uh, YouTube is basically like replacing your TV and TikTok or Clubhouse is just social media, which is like, oh, I'm interacting with people. Oh, it's like short form videos and stuff. Like I can just go there and just spend a couple of minutes or hours just on there, just scrolling down. Uh, so yeah, YouTube is here to stay. 
And I think uh, that a lot of businesses, like uh, no matter if you're a YouTuber or a business owner, I think it's a good marketing strategy to start uploading at least some content on YouTube. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's a good thing uh, to have uh, and people are really invested in, in it uh, because people love interacting with audience and I mean interacting with their creators interacting with their businesses and it's more um, I mean I've noticed that a lot of businesses who um, who get the people from video content to their their purchases like I mean when they s sell anything like they people coming from video content are way more likely to purchase anything. So it's a really good marketing strategy. Uh, and I think it's, it's a good investment. Uh, but yeah, you should still think about what you are uploading there because success on YouTube doesn't come as easily as it used to like 10, 15 years ago. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I know that's, that's really sound advice. And I think it's something that a lot of people should be doubling down and as we kind of mentioned um so just final few questions here uh how can people reach uh, a hold of you how can they see your youtube content what's your channel if we want to give that a shout out and are you on any other social media what's another way that people can connect with you yeah uh of course like my youtube channel is called north to south uh, you can just search on YouTube and you should be able to find it if you're interested in watching it. Uh, you can also reach out to me on Instagram. I'm most active out there. And uh, like, yeah, it's it's the easiest uh, way to get, get get contacted with me. So my Instagram is Amuranor. Uh, I will just spell it out, I guess. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's A-M-U-N-A-N-O-O-R. So yeah, you can search for Amunanur on Instagram and if you are interested in any video editing or any any consultation or anything like that, I'm happy to help and I'm always there and just contact me. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. And was there anything that we didn't talk about that you were hoping to uh to chat about on this on this episode? Uh yeah, I mean it's uh I just wanted to say to anyone who's listening out there uh, that it's it's like you have to go after your dreams if you have something on your mind. You shouldn't just keep it for another day. Everything's possible if you put a lot of passion into it and you are trying to get there. So yeah, you can do whatever you want and think for yourself, uh, be kind, be humble for every human being that you interact because that's, let's make just the world a better place and you can reach your dreams. Just try doing that yourself and not just sit there and just, I will do that tomorrow. So yeah, <laughs> that's just a little message for me, <laughs> from me to the audience. Amazing. No, I love that. That's yeah, that's, that's super powerful. Follow your dreams, right? And follow what that is that you're passionate about. And yeah, and so last question here, Monica. What does creativity mean to you? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, creativity is basically a driving force. And it's not just for me. It's for the all of the humanity. Uh, I think creativity is the thing that made us to become as successful as species uh, in the world that we live in right now. Without creativity, we wouldn't have been able to do the, that. So no matter if you are in the 
artistic path of career, or if you are doing something completely un uncreative, completely unartistic, you are still using creativity in your everyday life, trying to come up with ideas of solutions and trying to spice up your routine every single day. Uh, so we are using creativity everywhere, uh, every 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 day and without the creativity we were not able to become who we are right now uh, creativity is something that drives me every single day and something that allows me to be who i am and uh, sometimes it allows people to probe and improve uh, sometimes not in such a conventional way uh, just by using creativity <laughs> yeah that's really yeah, I like that a lot, that creativity is a drive. It's a driving force that, you know, we can harness and we can use that to help motivate us. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Amazing. So thank you so much, Monica, for coming on the Creative Kind podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you, and I look forward to working with you again in the future. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. So I hope you enjoyed this amazing episode with my dear friend, Monica. She did an amazing job working with me editing the podcast, and it's great to be able to finally share this. So I hope that if you've been listening to this episode and you felt that it was particularly inspiring today, share it with a friend. Share this with somebody if you've uh, never shared a podcast before. I personally love to listen to podcasts. I listen to a lot. My number one podcast that I can share with you was by Lewis Howes uh, called The School of Greatness. And shout out to that guy. He uh, he messaged me back and said thank you when I tagged him in that uh, this week. So that was kind of cool. Uh, I want to also share that next week you're going to hear from Bianca and Stefano. So this is a, a couple. They're also doing video production. They were in Italy and I spoke to them uh, like I think earlier this year and we talked about what it was like being in Italy during the start of the pandemic. They got held up from coming back to Montreal. It is a crazy story. So I look forward to definitely sharing that with you. That's a lot of fun. So stay tuned and remember if you enjoyed this episode share it with somebody that you think would enjoy listening back. Look forward to catching you soon as we continue to share the creative kind and individual stories from cool people all around the world. Cheers. Your host, Alex Leonard. This is Alex Leonard, host of the Creative Kind podcast and owner of the creative company AL Media. My business specializes in videos, mural paintings, and illustrations. From working as a radio DJ, journalist, illustrator, painter, and now video editor, I've worn many creative hats. So visit alexleonardmedia.com to work together.